Weekend racing, it's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So, ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. And I'm Mike. The Magic Mike Show, episode 362, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Your mic's not working again. Oh, it's not working. Sorry. Hang there you on. go. Now it's better. A little touchy back there. Mike, you know what? It's still a little overblown because of all the screaming I did Saturday. FS Center wins Louisiana Derby stalking. I have been saying for months that he could do it. <laughs> did it. I'm officially announcing my retirement. I can no longer, I cannot do any better than that. <laughs> I would agree with you. You probably can't do any better than that. You're the only person I heard that said he could stalk. So, so there you go. Kudos. Take your, uh, take your victory lap one time around the racetrack. Maybe off from off the pace with a big move late. And uh, it was, that was well. That was impressive, man. That was by far the most impressive derby prep we've seen. We're going to talk a lot of derby on the show today. Uh, we're going to spoof the Oscars a little bit, but no one will get slapped here. Um, and we're going to have some fun talking about the weekend's races. Man, I, uh, I'm i very excited about the uh, the show we're going to have because we're going to talk about our derby top five, our Oaks top five. Um, but I also do... Uh, I'm just very excited to talk about Epicenter. We're just going to gush about them, all sorts. I'm also excited, by the way, of the return of the open hand slap between men. Like, just, I mean, Jawan Howard, he set the stage. Yeah. And then, and then Will Rock, uh, Will, Will Rock, Will Smith literally, uh, uh, took the stage and ran with it. So, uh, it's going to be a fun show, though. You want to just jump right into it? We got some news to talk about with the Kentucky Derby. You want to do that first? Yeah, who knew year 2022 was the, the year of the slap? It's, it's a new one. You'd think that would have been a How I Met Your Mother thing. Not a random thing on the Oscars. That's, that's very true. Barney Stinson. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where were you, man? If Barney Stinson was still around, that show's been off the air for a long time. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Anyways, let's get into the news. All right, Mike, Epicenter wins the Louisiana Derby Grade 2 race worth a million dollars in prize money and also uh, worth 100 points in Kentucky Derby. So Epicenter, along with being the Kentucky Derby points leader, is the de facto leader for pretty much anybody who's paying attention right now for winning the Kentucky Derby, right, Mike? You have to at least have him at number one. Uh, let's not go that far. You number don't two. have to. You don't, two. If, he's, if he's not in your top three, you're smoking something pretty good. We'll put it that way. I, I think you could make a pretty good case that, you know, I, there's a lot of people who love Messier. So you, you can make a case for Messier being above him. Forbidden Kingdom probably gets some love there. Uh, you got uh, both White Barrio and Simplification down in Florida, as well as Classic Causeway. It's still crowded up top, but it's getting harder and harder not to say Epicenter is is the leader in the clubhouse or one of the, the – the, Definite favorites come the first Saturday of May. Uh, it just was so uh, amazing. And, and the reason I want to go back to what I talked about this type of show about how I was predicting he was going to be able to stalk and win is because when I've watched this horse, Mike, he just seems push button. Every time Joel Rosario in a race has asked him to do something, he's responded well, whether it was, hey, move up and take the lead. Hey, it's time to go. It's time to put some distance. Hey, it's time to get rid of Papa Cap. Uh, even if you remember when he lost the Lacombe stakes, and that's the race that made me say this horse has to be able to stock, is because the second that he saw Call Me Midnight, it was too late, but he engaged and he took off. And Rosario engaged him and he took off and he had the horse beat uh, going into the first turn again. So um, I absolutely, absolutely loved it, uh, what he was able to do. Let's talk about the rest of this race, though, and I'm going to switch it over to uh, to the replay here. But tell me, what do you think about the rest of the field and, and any horses out of the Louisiana Derby that you consider for the Kentucky Derby? Zozos is in, Pioneer Medina in, and Rattle and Roll probably in too. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously Zozos is the other horse that you're thinking about here. I, I would say that there wasn't really anyone else that was a, a real contender out of this race. I mean, Pioneer Medina was pretty far back at the top two, and Epicenter really just kind of rolled away from uh, Zozos as well. 
One thing I'd say is that Zozo's definitely had his own way here up front. As you're watching this race, they're not going very fast. And the top three ends up to try to go through underneath the wire the first time. Obviously, you know, of Epicenter who passed the front two. But no real movement in those front three spots. Um, but a couple of people that I saw saying this race wasn't as, as, as impressive as it is visually, simply because there was very little change up front very much a conveyor belt. The track was extremely fast. I set a track record this day. And then so you have some of those, the naysayers saying, well, this is going to kind of an inflated effort because of where those horses ran and how they finished. Um, I, to me, that's a little bit of a, a knock. I mean, I, you got people saying that the nine horse here, Rattle and Roll ran one of the better races because he came from off the pace to, to sneak up here for fourth. But, uh, you know, I think this was just a situation where the best three horses were the best through the three horses that were in front the entire time. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, this horse, the field wasn't great, right? We kind of talked about that, uh, how this was the least impressive of all four Louisiana-based uh, stakes or prep races that they've had. Going back to the Gunrunner that uh, Epicenter won in December, this wasn't the top to bottom a great field. So it was, I think it was also one reason it was nice to see Epicenter do what he did. Uh, watching the break and the first time they went under the wire again, Rosario was seemed like he had a pretty strong hold on him, like he wanted to. Uh, make sure that the horse was was going to sit back a little bit. But look, at this is what I mean. As soon as he asked him to tip out three wide, as soon as he asked him to go, just always responding. And now he drifts in a bit here. Um, that's kind of normal for a horse. They, they just kind of go towards the rail. They go towards what's the inside there. Um, I'm not too worried about it. In the live, I was like, whoa, watch out. But it was, you know, in the moment, that's how I felt here. N no issue for me. Anything for you there that you saw? No, not at all. I think the most important thing coming out of this is, is what you said. He took hold of him under the first time under the wire. Why that's so important is Epicenter was never making the lead in the Derby. Zero percent chance Epicenter was going to be the fastest horse out of the blocks. So it was very important for Epicenter to learn to be able to rate and to be able to do this because he was not going wire to wire to win the Kentucky Derby. So the fact that he's actually able to sit off a horse and then peel out three wide and, and go when asked. And he really did accelerate when Rosario started to ask him down the lane. Uh, it was impressive. I think that was the biggest takeaway. And again, I mean, Chris brings this up. This is another example of time form and buyer disagreeing <laughs> about what the numbers are. The buyer figure for this race came back significantly higher than the time form number. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting that this is the third or fourth prep now that we've had with varying degrees of, of numbers coming back on these horses. Uh, I don't ever know what to do about that timing wise. It's just, it's frustrating. We talked about that a lot on this show. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, the 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 point is Epicenter is pretty damn strong, uh, pretty yeah. damn amazing. Uh, the Sunland Park Derby, we don't really need to talk about that. I don't think either of us thought highly of that, right? That you saw a slow down Andy yeah. barely win despite yeah. all odds. You know what it actually reminded me of was the low South Futurity, but in like reverse, where slow down Andy won despite Messier running like a dick in the stretch. Slow down Andy won this race despite himself running like a dick, and then bye bye Bobby also being a dick. Yeah. And I think. Uh, um, straight up G being in there. I don't know. This was, it was not a solid, that was a good Sunland field. That was not a Kentucky Derby field, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you'd expect from one of these like low level points races where, you know, you send your horses that, that can't get it done at golden gate to Sunland, right? Like that's essentially what you're, what you're looking for. And it, yeah, it, it was a massive, a stretch. Like it, both horses didn't seem to want to win. I feel bad for anyone at buy by Bobby bet because he looked like he was going to win by four at the top of the lane. And then you saw just an absolute re-break there um, from slow down Andy. Let me uh, let me get this resized a little bit. All right, so let's head over here. We're going to go take a look at the Kentucky Derby. And Mike and I are going to try and give our top five here as it stands, a little updated here. Uh, Epicenter at the top here on the Kentucky Derby leaderboard is my – I mean, he's been my number one for months. So, of course, he's still my number one in this spot. Uh, Mike, is he still – is he now number one for you? You have been a White Abario fan for a long time. He took over the number one spot for me this weekend because he showed the ability to rate, and I trust the connections of Epicenter more than I trust the connections of Oida Barrio. So let's go through here. Uh, go ahead and give me your top five. Epicenter is number one. Let's go back down to five. Where are you going for fifth? Uh, fifth, I'm going to go with Classic Causeway. Um, done absolutely nothing wrong. I think it's an interesting move to send this horse to the Florida Derby instead of keeping him at, at Tampa. So, or instead of instead of just kind of training him up uh, to the actual Kentucky Derby, but. That's going to make the Florida Derby one hell of a race. We now have Charge It. We've got Classic Causeway. We've got Way to Barrio. We've got Simplification that are all banging heads. So you're going to have multiple horses in my top five that are going to go at it in the Florida Derby. And that's going to become the – I mean, the two – the San Diego Derby and the Florida Derby now, 
just stacked and just exceptional preps. I mean, so I'm excited to see both of those races uh, and, and kind of see where they run. The other four horses in my top five are coming out of those two races. Uh, for me, number five, uh, I am going to go with Zandon down here for Chad Brown. The more I think about this horse, I know that he's growing on me. He's going to go to the Bluegrass Stakes for his second start. And uh, this is, listen, I'm, I'm putting him number five, Mike. I'm saying he's going to hit, he's going to be fifth in the Kentucky Derby. Don't, don't freak out on me here. Um, Zandon, I think, has got the ability to sit closer than he has done in some races, uh, hasn't always had clean trips. Uh, and that's not something that you want to say about a horse going to the Kentucky Derby. But I think if this horse gets a favorable draw, gets somewhere in the middle of the pack, Kentucky Derby is going to be his third start. He's going to the Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, I think he's going to be not only going to have a strong chance to uh, win that race, but I think he's going to have a strong chance to win the Bluegrass and come out of it and be very strong for the Derby. I think he's a very logical hit the board type. I don't think he's got any chance of winning, but I do think that compared to the rest of this field with the upside that he's shown, um, remember how lightly raced he was and how quickly Chad Brown pushed him into the deep end when he doesn't normally do that with his horses. Uh, I do like Zandon here to, uh, to be uh, number five, number five in my Kentucky Derby top five. All right. That's, that's a choice. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's something, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm anti Zandon and I'm excited to talk about the award that he is up for in the future because I am now very happy. I put him on that list uh, coming in. Number four for me here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, that's the wrong list. I'm going to go with simplification at number four. Uh, looked really good last time in Florida. Looked actually very good in both of the two Florida preps that we've seen. Um, excited to see what he does in, in the in the Florida Derby. Uh, he had some issues with switching leads. That's obviously been a problem. Um, we're going to get to see him and Wade Barrio go at it again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the trips that they each get. Simplification has had two tough trips in both of those Florida Derby Florida preps. Um, and has done very well in both of them, running second and, and winning the last one, obviously. So uh, interested to see what Simplification does in the Florida Derby. Right now, he's sitting number four on my Kentucky Derby list. Um, I have Classic Causeway fourth, so I will talk about Simplification. He's not on my list, and you touched on a huge one. He's, the horse still struggles to change leads in the stretch, and the distances as they get longer, he now uh, will no longer be going that short stretch, right, at, at Gulfstream. He's now going to do a mile and eight, so he has to do the full stretch, at Gulfstream, and as the distances get longer with horses that don't change leads, they're not getting that burst of energy. That's why changing leads is so important. Is it's almost like they're finding like like taking a deep breath real quick and changing gears. It's like that last little like nitrous burst a little bit uh, in the stretch. If he's not doing that at a mile and eight, a mile and a quarter is going to be even harder for him. So um, that's my concern. If Antonio Sano, if he can figure out how to fix that with this horse, whatever it takes to do it, I think this horse has got a legitimate shot to win the Kentucky Derby. But until he does that, he's completely off my list. So that's where I landed with him. And that's the thing is, is you have that additional upside built in here if he does learn to do that. You also have the, 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 the diversity that I love about, about simplification where he can win on the lead. He can win close to the pace or he can come from off it. And we've seen him be successful doing all three. To me, that's that's a huge plus when you're talking about a, a, a field of 20 horses where a lot can go wrong in the race. It's, well, and a horse that has, uh, along with uh, struggling to change the leads, has had, had issues before breaking. It, you know, it comes and goes with him. Uh, but with the Derby, with 19 horses in the gate around him, it's, it's very crucial that you break clean. So I get a little bit of a, a diciness, but that's probably why you have him fourth and not second overall. Uh, where do you want to go number three here for your Derby top five? First time making a list for me because now he is in the Tim Yachtin barn. I'm throwing Messier at number three. Um, I'm interested to see what Messier can do stretching out here. We're going to see him at the Santa Anita Derby next. He and Forbidden Kingdom are going to knock heads early. It's going to be interesting to see how they end up uh, pressing each other, who makes the lead, and uh, and how he's able to handle the distance. So I've got Messier sitting at three simply because he's less proven than my top two. I uh, just seen Ashley in the chat. Good to see you. Ashley was a big part of the uh, Louisiana Derby show on Saturday, too. Uh, Classic Causeway off the board in Kentucky. That's a big prediction. Listen, the Classic Causeway is a speed horse. Uh, and that speed horse is if he doesn't hold on for a mile and a quarter, if he gets hounded early. Uh, yeah, that's very you could very easily see him kind of be boomer bust in this spot. Uh, number, which is kind of ironic because number three for me is going to be a boomer bust horse uh, coming up against Messier, and that's Forbidden Kingdom. I have him ranked number three here because this horse is just pure speed. He is a son of American Pharaoh who won the Triple Crown in 2015. The problem is, Mike, carrying your speed as a sprinter, going a mile to 16th when nobody's pressing you, it's not that hard, especially it's a track like Sandy Nee that favors speed on the dirt. You're going a mile and an eighth against a horse like Messier in the Sandy Nee Derby. That's boomer bust time for you. And if this horse is just so fast that nobody can even catch him in the Santa Anita Derby, 
that tells me he could probably do it in the Kentucky Derby as well, where he'll have to try and do it against Classic Causeway. But until he proves me that he can't do it, Forbidden Kingdom, I've got him number three, Mike. Yeah, and that's that's look, it, both the preps in Florida and California, it's time to show out now. And we're going to find out who is real and who isn't. We, we obviously saw Epicenter is the goods. And now we're about to find out who's the goods in California. Because, look, Messier and Forbidden Kingdom, they're both going. And if they make the Derby, they're both going. We're going to find out who's better. It's just that simple. And so I'm excited to, to do that over at Santa Anita and see which one's able to get the job done. Um, but for me, I would take Messier over Forbidden Kingdom. I'm awfully interested to see if Messier makes your list. Because if so, I have issues with Forbidden Kingdom being on your list. I don't think both of them can be in the top five because one is going to cook the other. And we're going to find out who the chef is and who the, who the meal is in the Santa Anita Derby. <laughs> Where are you going, number two, buddy? Number two, I'm going to my boy, Boy to Barrio, who I had as number one up until this weekend. Um, there's a lot of speed in the Derby. I've talked about it for a while. This horse has proven he can sit right off it. Uh, a little worried about the connections. Obviously not as much Derby pedigree as Askerson, and, and that's one of the main reasons that I've, I've got uh, Epicenter sitting in my top spot. But uh, White Barrio and what he was able to do uh, in the Fountain of Youth, I believe it was, when he was able to stalk and pounce, he got a great trip, but, man, he made the most of it, and he absolutely dusted Simplification, who came back to dust everybody else in the next four to prep. So I am going to have White Barrio at number two. Love the, the diversity again. I love the fact that he is able to sit and pounce. He's able to show speed if he needs it, he can make his own trip. I'll, yeah, he, he tripped out. But you know why he tripped out? Because of talent. The same reason Epicenter tripped out. He, he was able to sit behind the speed and just turn loose, but he had enough speed to sit close so no one else could really press him. So uh, until further notice, a.k.a. the Florida Derby, I'm going to have White Barrio sitting at number two. Listen, I, you've been high on him, and he's a horse that just missed the list for me. And uh, is, this is his proving time, right? He wins the, the Holy Bull stakes, and immediately after the Holy Bull, they said, we're going to skip the Fountain of Youth and go straight to the Florida Derby because Safi Joseph Jr. wants the Kentucky Derby to be the horse's third start. And he had a horse in New York traffic that, yes, it was the COVID year in 2020, uh, a little bit disrupted, but was able to campaign New York traffic quite nicely as a three-year-old. So uh, the trainer definitely knows how to handle things. Uh, for number two, I have a horse here, Mike, that uh, is not an absolute speed horse, as you think he's going to be. Number two is Messier, a horse that has proven that he can sit off the pace and win, which is what he did in the Bob Hope Stakes. It's what he did to break his maiden. It's what he's going to be able to do against Forbidden Kingdom if that horse can't handle a mile and eighth. But the reason they're both in my top five, despite the fact they're facing each other, is I think they have two very different styles, Mike. I think that Messier is like Epicenter, where, yes, he can set the pace, but I think he's ultimately best sitting off of it. Forbidden Kingdom, it's one thing. It's boomer bust. It's go, go, go until we can't go no more. And because of that, I don't see an issue having them both on here. I think that even if they finish 1-2 in the San Diego Derby, which is what I'm banking on, and that's not you know breaking any uh, news here, I think they're going to be the two shortest prices by quite a bit in that race. But yeah. my point is, I think that they'll both be 1-2. They'll both put up very credible efforts. And a lot of the post-draw is going to be – a lot of the uh, Derby post-draw is going to matter so much for these horses. I really think that whatever happens, whoever wins and doesn't win in the San Diego Derby will still go to Kentucky with a uh, full head of steam. I mean, I agree. I think they're going to run one, two in Santa Anita. I, I just think it's going to be awfully interesting to see how it goes down. I, I think Messier is going to go. We'll see what happens. But I think Messier is probably going to go with Forbidden Kingdom. Um, I think, you know, Baffert's seen enough horses of his. Oh, I'm sorry. Tim Yachtin has seen enough Baffert horses uh, not be able to run down Forbidden Kingdom in the stretch at this point. But I think you're probably going to see a little more pressure from Messier uh, than you may have if, you know, some of those results have been flipped earlier in the season. Yeah, I just look, they're both going to be in the Derby. I think they're both going to run one, two in Santa Anita. I think we're just going to find out which one's better. And I think it's going to be pretty obvious, especially when you consider that they're going to stretch out another uh, eighth of a mile in Kentucky and go a mile and a quarter after going a mile and eighth in Santa Anita. So I think that race is going to be very telling. And I would be I would be very surprised if both of these horses hit the board in the Derby. That's our Kentucky Derby top five. Have a race We've got you covered with free picks for every race, every track around the country. Full coverage of the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks at youtube.com slash racing. Do it. Hit like if you like the video, subscribe if you really like it. Tell us below who is in your top five. We'll see you at the track. And we both have Epicenter at one, by the way, since Matt. Absolutely. Didn't we that. said that at the beginning. That should have been. <laughs> Epicenter's literally in the photo that's right here. If you couldn't figure it out, we love Epicenter. All right. If you're watching live, sorry. If you haven't figured it out, yeah, that's what we do now. Um, all right, Mike, we will in the podcast. are probably what the fuck is this going on? Because I'm not editing this out. So they're going to be like, I don't. Why are we ending? Why is he saying that stuff? Uh, Mike, let's talk about the Kentucky Oaks horses here for a second. Or do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that first. And then we'll come back to our uh, to our awards here. 
Um, give me just a second to pull up the Kentucky Oaks horses. Where are you? This is a lot more difficult when you go in, like there's just there. It, obviously, there's not as much out on the Kentucky Oaks, but there's also it's just you. I, I've got a, a real banger at five. I think it's going to be pretty surprising. Oaks horses. There you are. All right. Boom, boom, boom. All right, Mike. Kentucky Oaks is uh, the first 100-point prep race for the Kentucky Oaks is in the books. Echo Zulu returns. The undefeated Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies champion is still undefeated, but just by the hairs on her chinny-chin-chin holds off Hidden Connection to win the Fairground Oaks. She is atop the Fairground. I'm sorry, the Kentucky Oaks leaderboard here with 130 points. But I got a feeling neither of us, based off of that effort, are going to keep her at number one on our list. Let's start at number five for you. Where are you going? I am going to go with a horse that has never touched the dirt because I agree with Chris. This is absolutely wide open. Now, I am going to put a caveat on this. My one number one horse has an asterisk next to it because I am assuming Secret Oath goes to the Kentucky Derby. Secret Oath would be my number one horse, uh, and this list would be shaken up a little more, but I have her going to the Derby, and so therefore she didn't make my list. Number five, I'm going with Bubble Rock who we're going to see in the grade three fantasy uh, at Oakland next time out. She won. She's never touched the dirt. This is a Brad Cox horse uh, that debuted going five furlongs on the turf, was able to break her maiden at Saratoga on the turf, went to the Breeders' Cup, has run twice on the synthetic uh, at Turfway Park, was able to get the job done in the stakes last time out at a mile, and will be stretching out and uh, taking on the dirt for the first time in the fantasy at Oakland. I think she's got real upside, and I, I realize that she needs to run well to even make the gate, um, but that fantasy's not that tough of a field. And if she's able to roll and you get a Brad Cox horse like this where they believe there's enough talent to try the dirt, I think it's worth keeping an eye on her. That is a uh, – I, I did not expect Bubble Rock to be on the list, but is, is a really great pick for you. And she's shown that she can handle turf and synthetic. So uh, watch out for her. Number five for me is a horse that has earned points but has actually not earned any of them in America. I'm going to go with the horses ranked right there. Uh, tied for number six with Kathleen. Oh, I'm talking about Shahama. Currently now with love this horse. I love this horse because she's <laughs> such an enigma at this point. And Mike, again, this is number five. I'm not saying putting her first overall here, but a horse that has made four starts all in Maidan, uh, winning them by an average of over two and a half lengths. This is a daughter of Munning, so she has American breeding out of a, uh, a belong-to-me mare, so there's you're getting distance underneath. You're getting speed with the Munning side there. But why I love this horse is as soon as she wins the Group 3 uh, UAE uh, Dubai Oaks uh, going a mile and a half, uh, I'm sorry, a mile and a, mile and a 16th, uh, at Maidan, they immediately said, we're not going to the UAE Derby, which it looked like she could have been a, a short price for that race. We're sending her straight to America to trainer Todd Pletcher, who just won this race, last the Kentucky Oaks last year with Malathot. And by the way, we're not going to put her into a prep race. We're going to train her straight up to that. If there's one guy that can get a horse off of just a little bit of an effort into the Kentucky Oaks and win it, it's Todd Pletcher. So Shahama, complete enigma here, but I really love the upside that she has, and I love the faith that the ownership does sending her to Todd Pletcher here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what her price is in the Oaks as well. Uh, she might yeah. be one of the horses you get a little bit of value on because of the, the overseas running lines. Yeah, she is. Uh, she, she's definitely an interesting one. Uh, and I will say, uh, if you're going to be handicapping that race and she comes in, you're just going to go, I, I don't know what to do about this. Because the horse that she beat by two lengths in, in that uh, last race at Maidan did not do so well against the boys in UAE Derby. Mike, where are you going number four here? I'm going to go with another Todd Pletcher trained horse. Let's talk a little bit, and this kind of gives away the, the top side of my list, a little <laughs> bit about Classy Edition. Uh, ran second in the Devona Dale last time out, currently sitting 14th in the standings. Had a little bit of trouble in that race, too. I went back and watched the replay. Um, Kathleen O gets, gets a nice split and is able to absolutely run away from that field. Classy Edition wasn't able to press the go button. I read wasn't able to press the go button on her when he wanted to. Ends up having to duck in, kind of got stopped a little bit. Ducks in the inside. Ends up running a strong second in the Devona Dale. Source was undefeated going into that race. Done absolutely nothing wrong. I'm a huge fan of Kathleen O. I'm going to put Classy Edition here in fourth. That is or third. Sorry. No, fourth. we're in fourth. fourth. We're talking yeah. fourth. That's an excellent pick. That's where I'm going with number four as well. Yeah, I, I love this horse. Uh, another Todd Pletcher training. I've actually got three Todd Pletcher horses on here. Um, I, I You nailed all the great points on her, so I'm not going to waste any time. Where are you going number three? There's Echo Zulu on my list. Look, uh, I think Echo Zulu is a darn good horse. I The more I watch back that race from Saturday, the more concerned I am about her long term, though, because that, that was not a great start. And, yes, it was off a bench. Yes, she was able to get the W. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've got some concerns. She was loose. Shouldn't have been that close. 
Um, I had concerns going into the Breeders' Cup, and I feel like I was right in the Breeders' Cup now. And the, the break for both Juju's map and Hidden Connection is what was able to give Echo Zulu such a romp. So I'm, I'm going to go with Echo Zulu here at three. Uh, I uh, I left her off my list. I, I'm against Echo Zulu after that. It was very unimpressive to me. Um, the, 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 I was wondering how you fit three Pletchers on here. <laughs> yeah, it's an extremely slow uh, effort. Um, I, I Yeah, as Chris says, um, and I'm telling you as someone who had Hidden Connection bet to win that, I really thought the Hidden Connection was going to get by. Now, you do have the, the counter-argument to that effort from uh, Echo Zulu just barely winning, is that Echo Zulu barely won off of a five-month break. Hidden Connection had to start under her belt and couldn't get the job done. So there is still some upside to Echo Zulu, but when it comes to going to the Kentucky Oaks off of what I just saw, um, I've seen f- uh, at least four horses in America who I think have a better chance of beating her here, and that is going to go with the horse that you see there at number 11, another Todd Pletcher trainee, her name is Ness. This is a horse that is a daughter of Curlin out of an AP Indy mare, and that exact breeding is what brought you your winner last year, Malathat, for trainer Todd Pletcher. Uh, this horse I don't think is as talented as, as a grinder as Malathat was. Ness has a little bit more of a press button. Uh, it's yet to be seen. Does she have the same heart that Malathat had? But I fully believe in Nest. I believe in her talent. I believe in the connections, and I believe in the pedigree. Might be a little high here, but I think that when the Kentucky Oaks comes, this is a horse that's just going to be perfectly suited for that race. Yeah, there's a couple horses that that aren't going to make the list here. That this my Derby list probably doesn't change a ton. My Oaks list could completely flip. Like this, this, this top five is, is much more difficult for my mind because we have a lot more to learn here. Still, a lot of these horses have not tried anywhere close to the distance. Uh, so I, I like. The, the, this one's tough. Ness was one of the ones I considered. Ain't Easy was one of the ones I considered. Neither made my list. So it, this was, I thought, a little more difficult than uh, than putting together the Derby list. I Number agree. two, I'm going to go to the horse that lost to Echo Zulu last time out. I'm going to take Hidden Connection at number two. And here's why. I think you can make excuses for both of the last two races. I think Hidden Connection gets better with distance. And I still... I kind of believe in this horse again after that terrible Breeders' Cup effort. Watching her try and like run down Echo Zulu, who I, I respect Echo Zulu. If I have Echo Zulu sitting at three, and I think Hidden Connection is going to get better with distance and is more uh, versatile than Echo Zulu, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to step up and put Hidden Connection here at number two. We'll see what happens. I'm I, like I'm not sure. I'm still a little uh, back and forth here, and I, I think there are other places to go. But I was impressed with what Hidden Connection did. And I, you look back, and the Lecrate race was one of those spots where just Hidden Connections race got completely blown at the break, breaking from the 11 post, having to rush up, trying to get close to the lead, being three wide in the first turn. Then the, the crate breaks down, pushes her out, and the, like it, there's just so much that happened in the prior race. You're saying the Hidden Connection experience. I'm not sure how much Hidden Connection got out of that first start because of everything that happened. So I, I kind of want to draw a line through that and then say this was more of the first effort. I like the fact that we were closing. I think you're going to have a pretty pretty decent pace set up in the Oaks, which plays to Hidden Connection, but has that tactical speed to stay close. So I'm going to give her a shot at number two. A horse that I really thought uh, before all the scratches made it a basically one horse race in the Breeze Cup Juvenile Phillies before they even broke. I was very in love with Hidden Connection going into that race. And Chris Maiello was, and he's slowly Stop, falling man. Back in love with her again. Listen, I've been broken one too many times by by Hidden Connection at this point. That was it for me. Fairgrounds Oaks, that was it for me with that horse. This is one of those horses, though, that, like, I have never heard connections this high. Like, they absolutely believe in this horse. And, and you know, it's 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 a smaller group. I think it's uh, Calhoun who trains this horse. Um, they believe this horse is the goods. And they are going to continue running her in these type of races because they think she is that good. And like you, you kind of go back her whole story. It's just, she's a pretty incredible horse. And I, I, I'm back in the boat, man. I'm back on the bandwagon and it's, it's, I'm my heart's probably gonna get broken here in Kentucky, but I'm, I'm back on the hidden connection bandwagon. Well, and I've met uh, the owner, co-owners and breeders hidden Brook farm and a small operation, like you're alluding to uh, very wonderful people. So it'd be a really great story if they were able to get the job done. I'm not knocking it, I'm just not putting my money with it. I am, however, for number two, going with a horse that didn't win last out. She didn't even get second last out, Mike Samich. It ain't easy to pick a winner in the Kentucky Oaks that hasn't done that yet, but I'm going with ain't easy for trainer Phil D'Amato. And let me tell you why. (laughs) The best three-year-old fillies in the country are not eligible for the Kentucky Oaks. They're still technically with Bob Baffert right now. They haven't been moved. Two of those horses beat ain't easy last out in the San Isabel Stakes. 
but they only beat her late when she just kind of ran out of gas because, Mike, we hadn't seen her in five months. And, oh, by the way, she'd had leg surgery since then. As somebody who's had multiple leg surgeries, I'm telling you, you don't come back from five months and just run the race of your life like that, especially when there's not one but two Bob Baffert horses that are going against you on the dirt. So ain't easy. Second off the layoff will be the Santa Anita Oaks. She was only 80% cranked going into the last race, San Isabel. Trainer Phil D'Amato said so. John Velasquez knew that and still rode her to a third place finish. She showed a lot of heart and just really looked like she needed to uh, get that race, get the rust knocked off. She was undefeated going into that. She had won the chandelier, the grade two race uh, last year in the fall at Santa Anita. So she can handle two turns, handle Santa Anita. I think third start off the layoff being the Kentucky Oaks. I love this spot for her. Go ain't easy. Yeah. I think secret Oath would have something to say about Baffert having the best three-year-old fillies in the country uh but sorry i'm so sorry we're <laughs> counting her i'm with you we're counting her as in the derby uh, yes that's what i meant and i i like look ain't easy was one that i i have like in that six seventh type spot um i i just i need i need to see her come back and and do a little bit more i don't necessarily believe that california is that far ahead of everybody on the philly side now if you're correct in your argument that the best two fillies with secret oath off the board are both in the Baffert barn. Yeah, they, they, I think this pick makes a ton of sense. I just, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Taking a, I'm taking a big risk here because you said it well, Mike, uh, the Derby, our Derby top five is pretty locked in. Our Oaks top five, and this happens every year. Uh, ask me on Thursday who I like in Friday's yeah. race. Um, <laughs> I think we have the same number one here, and it's a horse that you've been on before me, so I'll let you talk about Kathleen O. Throw her up, baby! The O! Uh, look, I... I I realized how good this horse was before the Devona Dale. I luckily was lucky enough to lucky enough to do the preview for that race for Racing Dudes uh, YouTube video, and that's when I started to like really dive into her. Very impressive horse. She's tactical. She's got talent. She's going to get better with distance. She looked awesome in the Devona Dale. Like go back and watch that race. She tons of trouble and just owns them. Like it, like I'm talking like serious, like boxed in with four horses around her trouble, and then just pops out. And as soon as she got loose, just spurts on by like I, I thought it was a really phenomenal performance uh she has tactical speed if she needs it so she can be close if they go slow she can close when they go if they go fast i, I like I'm, I'm in love with me i'm I, I, two thumbs up for kathleen o baby let's go throw up the o let's do it throw up the o for <laughs> kathleen o we're just gonna do this the whole time yeah we love kathleen o i uh, love the connections love sugar mcgahee there's nothing not to love about this the story. hobby problem is real <laughs> Well, listen. Maybe, maybe switch the jock. Here's the difference between Shug McGahee and, say, a Kenny McPeak or Dale Romans is when a jockey gives you a bad ride multiple times in prep races, you move on from them and find someone who will get the job done. So regardless of that, uh, I, you, you know, some people could say I'm not going to, but some people would say that uh, she won despite Hall of Fame jockey Javier Castellano being the saddle. Again, I'm not saying that, but some people will regardless See what I mean? She's still one. Nick Feldman bringing in the heat as he always does. And we're bringing the heat over at RacingDudes.com. We have you covered with free picks for every race, every track around the country. YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Full coverage of the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby Trails. If you want to catch Mike Samich and I's updated top fives for the Kentucky Derby, it's over there as well. Hit like if you like the video. Subscribe if you like it. Tell us below in the comments who is in your top five for the Kentucky Oaks right now. Assuming Secret Oath goes to the Kentucky Derby, of course. We'll see you at the track. Okay, we're still live. I feel All like right, I, have to, I have to like, I usually I hold for a few seconds. I'm like, no, no guys, we're still live. We're still, please don't leave. All right. Uh, let's do uh let's do a little Oscars Oscar style here. I'm excited for this. This is a good one. All right. So I don't have shoot. I didn't have time to make a video cue for you. So uh, let's, let's just do this. No antics of any kind, except speed. And there we go with the antics. Just love it. I love it so much. All right. In honor of the Oscars being yesterday, last night, and in honor of Will Smith with the second best backhand uh, or open open palm slap on a, on a man that we've seen in the last month, which is weird. Uh, we've got our own a little fun uh, Derby Oscar awards that Mike came up with this idea. First category, the most likely – keep in mind, this is all for the Kentucky Derby. Most yep. likely overbet horse award. Mike, where do you want to go here? All right, we got five nominees for the most likely horse to be wildly overbet in this year's Kentucky Derby. Number one, Mo Donegal out of the Todd Pletcher stable, who's already gaining steam even though he's done absolutely nothing but disappoint in prep so far. Next race up is the Wood. If he does anything, like maybe break poorly and then rush up, you're going to see like a 20-to-1 morning line bet down to like 7 or 8-to-1, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this is the classic. Uh, he reminds me of Known Agenda, where Known Agenda in the Florida Derby, I, I should say he's shown a lot more talent and, and, and smarts than Known Agenda did. But uh, this feels like that kind of classic, especially because we're all just grasping for Todd Fletcher to have somebody, right? Like yep. we're excited about Charge It in the Florida Derby going main special weight to that fucking group uh, or Emmanuel in the Bluegrass. Like, come on. No, this yep. is not great. All right. <laughs> Number two, the second nominee. Smile happy, your derby favorites in the first three pools uh, that, that has come back and run one race so far. And it, it was okay and had a little trouble. So you got the excuses going. Uh, and you might see this horse the, somewhere in like the single digits high, like 9 to 10 to 1 somewhere, if we do run well in the next prep. Uh, so smile happy, our second candidate here for the most likely horse to be wildly overbet in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Uh, he's been wildly over every McPeak horse has just continued to disappoint and disappoint and have excuses and have excuses and fine. We can bring it on. Keep disappointing. Keep making the excuses for it. I'm with you. Where are you going next? Number the third nominee is third. Zo Zozos who runs a really nice second in Louisiana Derby behind epicenter. But that was the first time we saw this horse in a prep. I mean, but you're going to see some wise guys get all over Zozos here as one of those horses that's going to absolutely get hammered. So Zozos is our third nominee for the most overbet horse on Kentucky Derby Day. I was trying to make it uh, easier here to uh, to see. I was trying to put it up, and I just spoiled it. So who's number four there, Mike? Number four, the fourth nominee is Zandon, who Magic actually likes for some reason in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Zandon is going to get overbet exactly because of what Magic thinks here. It's a Chad Brown horse. Guess what? Not great in the Derby. Uh, it's a Chad Brown horse that's, that's going to come from off the pace. It's going to run in a weak wood. It's going to, again, have get overbet because of, oh, well, it's see, this is – the wood factor, right? And I mean that in the, the horse racing sense. Mo Donegal, Zandon. Magic Mike Show brought to you by Blue Chew. Head over to bluechew.com. Use that code Magic Mike for 10% off. Just pay for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zandon and Mo Donegal, I don't think are very good. And they're going to run one, two in the wood, most likely, right? And if they do, or when they do, early voting might have something to say about that. They're going to get steam. I think they're both going to get wildly overbet. And number five is Secret Oath, who. <laughs> I think everyone's going to bet, and I don't really think has that good chance of winning the Derby. I'm sorry. I don't think she's got that great of a shot at winning the Derby here. So uh, there's our nominees. Mo Donegal, Smile Happy, Zozos, Zandon, and Secret Oath. We got some people in the chat chiming in here. We got a couple Secret Oaths. We got a, a Zandon. Uh, we got a couple Zozos there as well. Magic, uh, I don't think we've actually decided here who's going to be the winner. Do you have any thoughts on this one? You probably yeah, don't want to I was literally thinking live when she said it's earlier. Let's have the audience vote on it. I think this is a good way to do it. They'd vote in the chat. This would be a hard one because I, I say that and there's a 30-second delay here. But uh, let's see. Chris says uh, Secret Oath by a billion for most overbet. Um, Secret Oath, if she makes the derby for Nick. Uh, Dennis says Zozos will be overbet. Listen, here's the thing. He brings up a point here. Cox has nothing. Brad Cox, like a month ago or two months ago, was like, I have maybe one derby horse and it's Cyberknife. And suddenly everybody's like, so, 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 because yeah. he finished, uh, you know, a well-beaten second behind Epicenter and ahead of a bunch of uh, shitty horses. Um, let's see. Uh, Phil says, glad I made it just in time for the wood comment. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> uh, Zozo, secret oath, smile happy wins this one. Man, this is, you pick some good ones here, Mike. Um, uh, this is why I think it's going to be a great betting year for the Derby. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these are five horses that I don't think hit the board that I think are, are going to all be you know, anywhere from that eight to 15 to one range, which I think is wild. So the term, let's break this down. The term overbet implies way beyond what the value should be. Correct. And because of that, I'm going to go with Zozos. Mm, okay. I, because okay. Oath, I think is talented enough that she will be overbet, but I think it won't be to the point where you're like, she should not, you know, unless she wins the Arkansas Derby by 10 lengths and then we'll have to revisit this. But as of right now, I think this Zozos will be wildly, most wildly overbet, but a great list. I, I, I will, I can, I can look. I, the problem with Secret Oath is she's the best horse on that list. That's the yeah. tough part of giving her the award, right? Um, Zozos, I think, I like Smile Happy, it takes much money, I think, maybe the top of the list. And same with Modonagal, because I, I think that Modonagal, but let's, uh, let's give it to Zozos now, because I agree with you. I think Zozos is going to take a lot of steam off that effort, especially if Epicenter goes off as your favorite. I think Zozos is going to catch some of that, and you're going to see Zozos, you know, sub 10 to 1, which is wild. That horse should be 25, 30 to 1 in that race. Chris says uh, Irish named horses in the Derby always get overbet. Is Zozos an Irish name? I, I feel dumb for not knowing that now. I know that uh, I know Zoso is that was a Led Zeppelin thing for a while, but not Zozos. Zozos will... is a Canile Bay resort that was destroyed in 2017 because of a hurricane. No, that's. I... 
Yeah, interesting. I will say if Smile Happy goes off sub 10 to 1, Smile Happy almost automatically wins that award. If yes. Chris, especially if Chris Lannery's on a board. Like, that's just... <laughs> or, or his brother Corey, one of the two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All Corey right. So... <laughs> For, here's the here's the uh, here's the award for for Zozo. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, you get my you get my workout water bottle here. All right, next category, Mike, uh, the Horace, and I just pulled it back down here. Uh, the long shot, most likely to hit the board. This is going to be a fun one. Um, assuming all of these horses make it to the Derby, which looking at your list, yeah, I think so. Ooh, this will be a fun one to uh, to debate here. All right, uh, I'll throw the list up here, so it's going to be spoiled. But let's talk about number one, Doppelganger. Yeah, Doppelganger here now switching barns. Um, it, it currently. 40 to 1 uh, in most Derby future pools would be a monster number if it makes the gate. Going to Arkansas and running the Arkansas Derby, this one might get, if, if a doppelganger wins, you might see this horse drop down in odds a little bit. But I still think you're staring 20 to 1 plus on Derby Day and has a legit shot at hitting the board coming from off the pace. I feel like such an idiot. Mo Donegal. That's the, that's the goddamn, and Donegal racing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, if Doppelganger wins the Arkansas Derby, he's not a long shot, though, right? So you're assuming he gets second to Secret Oath in the Arkansas Derby? I, I wouldn't. I don't know. He might still be a long shot. Do you think Doppelganger sub 20 to 1 after getting smoked by Forbidden Kingdom? Um. Well, I, there's a lot of things going on with that one. Forbidden Kingdom would need to get his ass beat uh, in the San Diego Derby. So he, he would need to fail at a mile and eighth, is my point. So... Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll hold on that one. I don't think that one's gonna get my vote. Well, but listen, if you're in the if you're in the chat live, this is your time to vote. So uh, number two, Unoho. Unoho, one eye, but man, maybe good enough to hit the board here. I mean, he's he was able to fly late to, to get the job done in Arkansas last time we saw him. Uh, he's going to get the pace set up in the Derby often, and you'll notice the same. Like four of these five horses are coming from off the pace. Generally, your bomb that hits the hits the third. Or set, Second or third spot in the try is a horse coming from off the pace. So that's kind of where I looked for this. Unoho, going to be a monster price, going to be rolling late. Definitely has a shot at getting to the board. I think so. He'll uh, His price will be interesting because he'll probably – he'll be definitely overbet, as Vicky's saying here, uh, in the Arkansas Derby because he was, what, 75-1 to 1 when he won the Rebel? Um, and, and he just barely beat Gilded Age, who I think is still trying to finish at the UAE Derby. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Unoho. How about Ethereal Road here? The other uh, Lucas horse, uh, Ethereal Road, makes this list, was able to run well last time. Again, has that style from coming off the pace, was able to get some steam. Uh, another one that could kind of junk up and, and get into that third or fourth spot to blow the, blow the super up. Um, yeah, that's Yeah, definitely. I think Ethereal Road, of the three you've mentioned here, to me, this is the one that um, I could see at least... When I think long shot hitting the board, I'm like, yeah, boy, that's it's a surprise. And then you think and go, yeah, it's not really a surprise. Eh, okay, it's like Instilled Regard got fourth the year that Justify won the Kentucky Derby, and it's 87 to one. And you're like, Instilled Regard. Well, okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. So it was, yeah, that's a great candidate. I think Ethereal Road. How about Pioneer Medina? There's some uh, some votes for Pioneer Medina here in the chat. A horse that's going to be more forwardly placed should be able to make a little bit of its own trip. Sitting that second flight in the Derby uh, will be a big number. It was seventeen to one in the Louisiana Derby and didn't do like ran well, but didn't exactly show you anything that makes you think you should be less than seventeen to one in the Kentucky Derby. Um, but it's a Pletcher horse who's been st- taking steps forward and could take another one. Take another one the first Saturday in May and will definitely be a big number. Um. Yeah, that's this is that Pletcher horse. You and I joked about possibly dra- uh, claiming him in the fantasy league, and we we're like, well. I mean, he'll probably get third in Louisiana Derby and go to the Kentucky Derby and maybe hit the board. And yeah. what happened? He got third in Louisiana Derby. Yeah, it feels like that horse. Like yeah. this, actually, I talked about instilled regard. This feels a lot like that instilled regard horse that didn't still regard didn't really make any waves, uh, winning prep races. He just was kind of there. But then at the finish line, he was there. So uh, especially if Pioneer Medina gets a favorable draw, watch out for that horse. That's a good one there. Uh, number five is a fun one. Crown Pride, winner of the UAE Derby. Uh, by the way, I want to pat myself on the back. That was my long shot pick in the race. If you caught the, the preview at RacingDudes.com, um, I had Combustion, the other Japanese horse, winning the race, and he, he didn't. But Crown Pride was very strong. Davey Cleveland loves Crown Pride, and you've got a number five here, Mike. Yeah, I got him sitting at number five. My biggest concern here is uh, he might get bet. 
is 20 to 1 right now um, in the in the offshore market. So you're already seeing 20 to 1 offered here at a Crown Pride to win the Derby. And I, this Japanese steam that we've seen ever since the Breeders' Cup is just continuing to pile on on these international days. It'll be interesting to see if a Japanese horse now takes money in the Derby. But this is a horse that was able to, to stock the pace, was able to make a big move. And I, again, we're looking for horses that are coming from off the pace at big prices generally in those third and fourth spots. Crown Pride absolutely checks the box. And we've seen Japan do very well in the dirt over here in the Breeders' Cup. Maybe that trend continues, and Crown Pride is able to, to muddy up the try here. Uh, yeah, when we did the live reaction, <laughs> Aaron and I were like, all right, well, Japanese horse, like, great for Japan. Really great for them, honestly. Love to see the breeding program. Um, you brought up the fact that it, uh, a blood horse ran an article, I think I saw after you said it, Mike, that they just further proves they made a huge mistake, the Americans letting Sunday Silence go. <laughs> he uh, Second and third generation horses are just absolutely destroying American horses right now. All yep. Sunday Silence. It's like, hey, we've got into mischief and we've got uh, Kittens Joy. They're like, we got yeah. Tappet, Curlin. They're like, we got Sunday Silence. We got one, and that's all we need to beat your asses. <laughs> and Sunday Silence, by the way, if you're just getting into horse racing, if you haven't watched the races, the 1989 Triple Crown season, absolutely amazing. One of my favorite horses growing up. My dad was a huge Easy Goer fan. Those Sunday Silence and Easy Goer were, were incredible. Uh, a blast to go watch those races, specifically the Preakness, where they each re-rally on each other like three times. is an incredible race to go watch. It's a nail-biter all the way down to the end. I won't tell you who won. Uh, <laughs> very, very close. He almost had a Triple Crown winner that year. Uh, so those are our nominees here for long shot, most likely to hit the board. Uh, now, I do want to say I did consider rattle and roll. Which I, I, know say, gotten, I think gotten, the winning votes for a horse that's not even named. I, I did consider rattle and roll. That one came up quite a bit there. And I also did consider Morello, uh, which is the other Asterson. I don't think Morello's 20 to 1 plus. That's why Morello didn't make the list. I think he's going to end up somewhere in that 12 to 1 range. And I was looking for a 20 to 1 plus horse that I think has a shot at hitting the board. And these are the five most likely, I thought, that fell in that category. If Morello doesn't at least get second in the Wood Memorial, don't send him to the Derby. Because that'll be your proof. Like, yeah, okay, he's not a two-turn horse. We still haven't seen him go two turns. Don't forget that. He's, he's yep. bred to handle it, but he hasn't done it. And the Wood's going to be his test. And he's got to, I mean, we make fun of Modonigal, but Modonigal fucking loves aqueducts. So, uh, and to go two turns. So don't don't go into that race lightly. Um, and then another aqueduct horse, Nick says, uh, Mike Maker's Grantham. Yeah, you can see Mike Maker hit the board at 55 to 1. Where you're like, especially this year when Baffert can't run, you're like, yeah, of course Mike Maker's got a horse that hits the board at, uh, at 55 to 1. Uh, listen, out of all of these, uh, nobody's voted for him, but fuck it. It's, my, it's Magic Mike Show, not the fan Mike Show. I'm going to go with Ethereal Road. Oh, see, no, I think it's no, Doppelganger. No. My Pioneer Medina. Pioneer Medina is my pick because I think that's the one that's the most like instilled regard. I did say that earlier. This feels like the horse that's going to get fucking get fourth and you're super at 50 60 to one and you're gonna go i should have had that i i i would give it to doppelganger if it was my choice because i think doppelganger is the one that that slops it up here and ends up finishing third or fourth and gets overlooked in the betting window the, um the bob yak team or tim baffert or whatever <laughs> yeah the tim baffert horse uh but yeah this this is a tough one and I'm, I'm excited to see like on the actual derby what type of price we get on these horses i legit think you could make a case for all of these horses hitting the board I mean, we're not in, the, not in the same race, but they all could finish third or fourth. <laughs> we're even coming off of a uh, of a Kentucky Derby last year that that Baffert won with Benina Spirit. You and I both that was our top pick, and he was not the favorite or second favorite. Mike, like you could make yeah. money last year betting a goddamn Bob Baffert horse to win and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champion finishing underneath him. Like that's okay. Well, well the funny thing sense. is, if we did this, if we did this last year, you know who the pick would have been there? The horse that ran second. That's true. I mean, we were both all over him uh, in the yeah. previews, so that that would have probably been the long shot that hit the board last year. All right, I got to get the uh, get the banner for the last yeah. one. This one I'm excited about because I think we're gonna have some love in the chat here. So there we go. The last one is going to be the favorite, Oops. most likely to miss the board. So the favorite, most likely to not run in the top four. <laughs> and I went to what I believe are going to be the top five betting choices in this race. So if if I Handicapped who I thought the top five would be on the first Saturday of May right now. This would be my list. Number one, Epicenter. We just saw him roll in Louisiana Derby. It's hard to say that he's going to miss the board. Number two, Forbidden Kingdom. Done absolutely nothing wrong going into the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, and currently your, your favorite in the uh, the overseas markets. Number three, Messier. Who we're about to see first time out of the Tim Yachtin barn to try and earn points in the Santa Anita Derby. Our fourth nominee, White Barrio, who absolutely rolled down in Florida the last time that we saw him, then Simplification, who ran second to White Barrio and absolutely rolled after that. 
Didn't put Classic Causeway on here because I think Classic Causeway would be the most likely to miss the board if I added him. I think these five is pretty, pretty tough. This is a uh, – you also said you were doing top five betting. I don't know, Classic Causeway. Well, we'll see what happens in Florida. If he wins the Florida Derby, he's definitely top five. But uh, this is a great list. I love that you just, for objective purposes, you just went here the top five betting choices, not who you think – um because it's you know it's, it's hard to figure it out but going off of this uh yes so this is gonna be a fun one in the chat there's a bunch of you ton of you watching and, and let us know down here um oh boy favorite most likely to not hit the board all right so i think we can knock out epicenter immediately i think we both think that he's he's likely to hit the board um <laughs> charles charles blah i love to see you but charles immediately epicenter not hitting the board yeah i i think he definitely hits it i i okay so then White Abario and Simplification, how much do we believe? That's really the question with those two. Because if, if you believe Florida is that good, they're both tough to say that they're the most likely. I think it's one of the California horses. I think you have to pick Forbidden Kingdom or Messier for this. My gut says it's Forbidden Kingdom. Because well, I, I still don't believe in the mile and a quarter. Yep. And he is one-paced. Yep. And it, that I could... 100% see him fading in that that final turn. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great that is my that would be my second uh pick on this list. And I don't I would not get anybody for picking him. The the question is you're going to bang simplification again, aren't you? God damn right I'm going to bang simplification <laughs> all day all night and twice on Sundays if he's lucky enough. No. You want to um, say you want to do the blue pill promo again? <laughs> That's bluetooth.com code magic Mike. Three first months, just pay five dollars shipping. Um, you, you tell I listen to enough podcasts. <laughs> You're laughing too much of that. Um, listen, Forbidden Kingdom is is a. I said it when we did the Derby top five, right? This is a boomer bust horse, and he's one pace. The problem is when you go a mile and a quarter, a lot of times a speed horse is going to still hit the board or finish top four, top five because he's too far ahead, and everybody else they can't go a mile and a quarter either. So. That's why I'm not going to say Forbidden Kingdom. Simplification, it's the lead change. It's the lead change. It's the bad breaks. And those two things, when you're going to mount a quarter against 19 other horses, and they're all, at least a lot of them, are better than what you've been facing in Florida and beating up on. Um, it's He's a talented horse, and I love Antonio Sano. I love his story. I love Gunavera. I'd love to see him do well with simplification, but I have too many question marks on the biggest race when you need everything to go exactly your way. I mean, you're wrong, but you you're, you can have an opinion. <laughs> it's clearly Forbidden Kingdom. He is clearly the most likely to not hit the board. It's just based on the wording of the question, the most likely to not hit the board is the horse that we have no clue if he's going to be able to do anything when someone actually stares him in the eye around the first turn. That's true. Well, they both have to pass the test of going beyond a mile on the 16th. It's just with one of them, we have the question about, which is ironic because the one that's the son of the triple crown winner is the one we're like, I don't know if he can do it. The one that's the son of uh, not this time who never went longer than a mile on the 16th. We're going, yeah, no, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, okay. Don't he's worry about it. Absolutely no. fine. Yeah. Listen, by the way, I still, I wish not this time it stayed around uh, as a three-year-old because him versus classic empire is three-year-olds too. Oh, banging heads. It would be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. Listen, all right, let's look at the, uh, uh, the, listen, the votes are going to be for Forbidden Kingdom. D Davies says simplification is proven he can run in traffic. Very true and very important because that's how you muck up for fourth or third in the Derby. A lot of times, is you have to you got to weave through them stumble bunnies, man, and he can do it. Um... <laughs> Charles, this is great. He's first on our list. You're right. Listen, Charles, I will tell you right now: if uh, Crown Pride wins the Kentucky Derby, you know, you're getting full credit on the show because you're the first one I've seen claim he's going to win it here. So. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. I wouldn't hold your breath out for it, but listen, I appreciate it. I, I respect taking your shot here. So quest. Okay. Like just, you know, a, a forbidden kingdom is the winner of this category. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going, here's I'm, your award. Let's, let's just throw a, a random question for you. What happens first? The Japan horse wins the Derby or the Breeders' Cup classic? Classic. Okay. Because a couple of reasons. One, Americans still have the formula for how to, prime a horse for the Kentucky Derby. You haven't seen the Japanese go start one, start two, Kentucky Derby peak. Like we haven't, they haven't done that yet. The Breeders' Cup Classic is open to four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. The Japanese love to run their horses at four, five, and six. They're very strong believers in breeding and pedigree and soundness and doing what's best by the horse. I think the Classic is very well within range. Um, as we saw what they did the, at the distaff against, you know, what we thought were some unbelievable mares and, and Marsh Lorraine just came in there and went Jawan Howard all over him. So yeah, no, 
definitely classic. What about you? Um, I would agree. And I actually agree with your reasoning as well. I, th- I think the fact that we retire horses a lot earlier um, will be a big factor in that. You're going to see some horses that are that, and obviously the chat agrees here, the classic as well. We're going to see some horses that are four or five, six years old that wouldn't be running in the U.S. that are running in Japan that, that will be serious contenders for the British Cup Classic. Um, this is great. Oh, Messier's jockey is, is Velasquez, right? Isn't Velasquez still Messier's jockey? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, bringing back to Doppelganger, do you see that Velasquez is riding because Pratt jumped off? No, I didn't see that. Well, Pratt is committed to We the People for Rudy Brissett, the undefeated horse. I don't know if he had committed to that because – Baffert with the doppelganger situation. Pratt might have already committed to that very easily. So, uh, well, but- I mean, Pratt rarely rides for Yachtine either. So, you know, it's <laughs> the barn that he doesn't ride for often. Uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, I, this is, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that Dennis literally was because of the delay. I was like, Dennis just asked the question that uh, you he must have been catching up right when you asked it. How about this? Who wins a classic first, Europe or Japan? Well, I mean, um, Europe has. So, I'll go Europe because they've already done it. But uh, who wins the next one? Who did they win? Giants Causeway? Did Giants pretty... Causeway win the classic or no? Oh, man. Now you're going to make me search classic winners. I'll pull it up. It's all right. What were you going to say? I didn't mean to go. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I would. The next winner, I think, is going to be Japan. I think you'll see the, the next one to win a breeder starting, starting in 2022. I think Japan wins one before Europe. Let me look through here. That's, I thought they won one. Uh, Giants Causeway came damn close, but didn't. Yeah, he's the closest. By the way, this is just Sunday Silence won the goddamn Breeders' Cup Classic in 1989, and we let him go. He was he was a great great racehorse. If you wanna if you wanna consider AP Indy, he wasn't trained in Japan, but he was owned by the uh, a Japanese businessman. I don't know if you want to count him, but what no. About- otherwise, it's been. I guess I I sort of counted Invasor in my head. Oh, Ravens Pass. I'm Ravens sorry. Pass won it. Ravens Come Pass. I, yeah, I, I knew that there was one of them. Ravens Pass, because that was on synthetic at uh, Santa Anita for uh, Detroit Gods. And Black Tie Affair did it. Um, he was Irish bred. Invasor, he was Argentinian bred. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Europe has done it. So, okay, we'll forget that. We'll say from here <laughs> forward. Because at that point, Japan did not have any breeding operation whatsoever. So, I guess, you know, that's where Dennis is going here. Um, I also I also consider Blame a European horse for no good reason. <laughs> That's true. not I totally not a European horse, but for, for, for I just blame in my head will always be a European horse. No I, idea why. I, I clearly we're not good with the history here, but Chris, tell me if this is. I think this was when Giants Causeway almost won. He almost beat Tisnell one of the years that Tisnell won. Uh, that was at Belmont in two thousand and one. Or was he facing? This is great. This is great. This is absolutely great radio. Listen, uh, while Mike looks that up, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here because we are at the end of the show. Uh, thank you to everybody for helping us vote on these Oscar awards. By the way, this is a great idea that Mike had literally, what, like 7.30 this morning, my time, uh, just yeah, two and a half hours there. ago. So uh, to put together and come together that well, really appreciate you playing along. There's been a lot of you watching. So if you before you leave, if you're watching on Facebook, give us a like. If you're or, uh, uh, the little like, the little heart. If you're watching on YouTube, the thumbs up, subscribe. It does a lot for us. If you hit the notification bell, you'll get alerted every time that any of us go live on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel. We've got a ton of content coming up. Arkansas Derby is this weekend. So is the Florida Derby. And we have a special deal for you if if you're going to be looking to buy the uh, inside track to the Florida Derby wagering guide. We're doing something awesome where we're also going to give you the fantasy stakes and the Arkansas Derby included. So you're going to get all 10 stakes from Gulfstream on Saturday, plus two from uh, uh, Oakland Park. Plus the top four consensus from everybody at racingnews.com. So this guy right here with Aaron, with Jerry, with myself, Papa Dude, Dr. Brandon, we're all putting in our top four. So great time to go check that out. Uh, if you're a weekend? Monday, that's this weekend. That's this Saturday. Jeez. Yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas Derby is already drawn. If you want the preview for that race, it'll be available at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes quite shortly. Just need to uh, get done talking here and go edit that. But uh, Mike, did you figure out who did Tiz now beat? Was it John? Uh, was the horse that he beat. Also, Galileo was in that race as well. Uh, so that's, couple- I think, that's probably who he was thinking of was Galileo. Yeah, but Saki was actually the horse that ran second. Uh, and don't forget, if you're a subscriber to RacingDudes.com, uh, we are starting our tournaments this Friday as well. So you can join the exclusive subscriber tournament, $10 to enter. We've got cash prizes there as well as $150 to the winner in site credit that's added uh, by the dude. So we're going to have a, a nice bump there. And we'll have a Friday show as well from 5 to 6, covering that tournament for subscribers and talking about the races that day and talking about tournament strategy. So make sure if you are a subscriber to get into that tournament as well uh, and get your shot at a free 150 bucks.
boom, put that right up there on the screen. Yeah, we're very excited. Oh, if I didn't, I don't have the screen share. <laughs> Where is it? I thought I was sharing that screen. Was I not? You tab. Come on. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. Anyways, go to racenews.com. It's on every, literally every other post. So you can find that there. Um, the inside tracks to uh, any derby, whatever inside track wager guide we are doing is included with every monthly subscription. So if you want to get in on the guides for the derby season, we're doing them for every prep. And then, of course, the triple crown season. So if you get a monthly subscription, you're going to get every guide included for free. You're going to access to that tournament that Mike Samich is talking about absolutely for free. It's absolutely the best time to be a Racing Dudes premium subscriber. So head over to racingdudes.com. We really love to see it. It's a lot of fun over there. We're really building a fun community. Um, we really appreciate you following us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellord. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. The beautiful horse in the background, if you're watching, that is Epicenter, the 2022 Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, Mike. I, we've got to cover Florida, the Gulfstream Park late pick four, right? There's no way. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the Florida Derby is like a wonderful betting race. That's one of the like I'm super excited to actually have a, a really interesting stakes race in there, and like having Kathleen O in the sequence, and then going into that Florida Derby is uh, it, it's 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 an awesome sequence. It's gonna be fun. Uh, John Moa says he's still in on simplification for the Florida Derby. Find out on Thursday if Mike and I are all in on him possibly winning that one. Uh, We will be back on Thursday at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Thanks again for following us. Go to RacingNews.com. Enter the tournament. We're so excited for that on Friday. We'll see you Thursday. Good luck this week, everybody. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 